Hey everyone, your GM Mike here. Uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we have to take a cycle off from publishing main episodes this week. If you want to know more, I'll include a link to a public Patreon post in the show notes that has a little bit more detail. But as a consolation, we thought that we would publish the most recent episode of Fun Chatty, our patrons-only exclusive chat show that we record after each episode goes out. Um, in Fun Chatty, we talk about the show, we answer questions from our Discord, and and we also just kind of talk about all of the stuff that's on our minds. In this fun chatty, we talk about what music uh, our characters would listen to. We talk about how we balance player agency with potentially world-breaking ideas that players or characters sometimes have. And we also spend basically the last half of this episode trying to figure out how to not lose our minds in the current political climate of the United States. So maybe this is also a content warning for U.S. politics. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to support the show and help us continue to make it, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. See you soon. everybody and welcome to float chatty float float chatty fun Ch i don't know that we ever actually made like an official decision of whether or not we were going to call this float chatty but i make the the art says float chatty so somebody made a decision close yeah. enough i guess Sorry, art I didn't. life life art <laughs> who are we to argue <laughs> with the spirit of the poet uh welcome to float chatty for episode number three um can we go around the zoom call and say who's here hi it's mike i'm here hi mike it's Bijan. i'm also here Hi, Bijan. I'm glad that you're here. Hi, Bijan. Hi, Mike. It's Jen. I'm here. Hi, Jen. Hi, Bijan. I'm glad Jen? That you're here, Jen. Bijan? Mike? It's me, Taylor, who's here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor? Jen? Bijan? Very nice to see you. Taylor, Mike, Jen, Bijan? Nick here. Nice to see ya. Didn't know you were here. Oh. Oh. Huh. Oh. Oh, would you look at the time? It's Shannon. She's here. <laughs> the time. The Ding dong, oh. ding dong. Look at the time. <laughs> ding dong, Shannon O'Dell. I'm certainly looking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're the sleepiest boy I've ever known, and I find it adorable. <laughs> so tired man i'm just always tired speaking Same. of exhausted man did y'all see the amazon job posts that got yes yes did i yes what was it like um uh, i mean did it basically just say like interfering with governments and, yeah. and busting unions like yes. hank scorpio's craigslist ad for his <laughs> goon jesus <laughs> free free flamethrower yeah just the worst Spying on unions and foreign heads of government. <laughs> um, I don't want to say that it's like, you know, what's next extra ter extraterritoriality, but like that's it's already some, the case. Yeah. Well, uh, Amazon operating like a government. I mean, of course. It's also very sad that someone saw that job listing. It was like, hell yeah. That is fine. me. And they yeah, speak exactly. like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wear wraparound sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we all went to high school with several people who applied for that job. Right? <laughs> yeah, oh, there are God, people in yeah. my no, yeah. no, <laughs> I did. What? I didn't go to high school. I went to high school with eighty-two other people at a county public school in West Alabama, out in the woods. <laughs> Nobody from my high school, I think, is applying for that job. But like, I know people who would see that and just be like, "This looks like a great step up for my career." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly like that in the robotic, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, this, this really gives my skills legitimacy. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Would I be willing to move to Phoenix for this sort of job at Amazon? Perhaps I should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say is that they're not people and it's okay yeah. to hurt yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I said it as a joke, mean every word. I come from a conservative desert town in California, and someone absolutely from my high school will, will apply for that. For absolutely. <laughs> yes. I don't remember if anyone had the skills or was, you know, 
Never mind. Uh, I don't want to badmouth anyone I went to high school with. Uh, I will seems, do it. seems out of the question, save for maybe one dude who I think <laughs> is like... Who shall rena- remain nameless. Yeah. He has a very distinctive name. Anyway, shouts if you're listening. <laughs> uh, the only other internet thing that I saw today in between work and, um, you know, like, on my, well, I'm not looking at Twitter, is that apparently, like, you can put a Joe Biden sign on your lawn in Animal Crossing now. Uh, yes, yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Cool. Great. Cool. cool. Just <laughs> yeah. further rubbing it in uh, that I don't have first a Switch. Of all, cool. First of all, I believe that was a Verge article. So, uh, oh, big shout props. out to my employer for employing me. Nice. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, I did not read it, and we are going <laughs> to lose. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the first thing I typed when I saw that. I was like in my Discord, like, "Oh no, oh yeah. no!" Ay, ay, ay. Probably, it really does feel that way, doesn't it? Again, mm. I know this feeling. I remember this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. we got some questions from the Discord. Let's answer those. Yay! We I hope they're all about some impending doom. Yeah, I hope they're all about fracking. Yeah. Hey, hold on, hold on. We definitely got questions from the Discord about like about doing doom and gloom. If I'm not mistaken, maybe somebody in the, somebody in Discord was like, "Are we? Are you guys going to do more doom and gloom? Or, or, yeah, more doom and gloom." I, uh, in I the fun s- chatty. Oh, yeah, didn't they sure. want us to talk about the RNC this week? Yeah. <laughs> no, refuse. Yeah, I refuse to. But uh-uh. someone did say that. I, I read one think piece that was like, here's how the RNC made made Donald Trump look like a capable president. And I was like, to what fucking root? Never mind. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. mind. That's emotionally like, who where see, I am. Who, who sees fireworks and is like, yeah, that's the guy I'm voting for. Uh, Way too many people. Um, America, Way too many people. Like, yeah, Amer- yeah. Americans. Yeah. Yes, this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, he, oh, he got he got fireworks. I mean, how do you argue? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Professor Dan is curious. Um, the prof. Uh, if your character from float and or fun city had a late 20th early 21st century theme song what would it be oh gabe's is definitely like a a a far too long like house track that is extremely repetitive to the to the point that if it was on a cd you would wonder whether or not it's broken yes yes i love that like a like a 25 minute paul van dyke track damn wow algar algar is definitely just like uh, oh, I guess that's not I was going to say Purcell, but like that's not late 20th, early 21st century. So I got to think about what Algar might be. Well, Viv is definitely a Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> uh, I think Albatross probably. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Lash is like I don't have a song for it, but like in a like a 90s teen movie like the like motivational moment where like the team is getting together you know that kind of music that's lashes <laughs> are we talking like like pop punk or alternative um, which i guess is very close venn diagram yeah but. probably probably pop punk i can see that man this is hard i feel like tk's would be like like a lot of like um a lot of like caribou and baths and I'm thinking just mm. in rainbows, like sure, as an aesthetic, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, a, like on the lo-fi <laughs> spectrum, sort of pop, but also like just weird enough that you wouldn't expect it. How, uh, like how does the microphones factor in here? They factor. Ooh. Okay. All right. They refactor perhaps. <laughs> I think he would, I, I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like TK is the kind of, kind of dude who would drive around listening to like Mount Erie when he's sad in Henley. Ooh. Like the mixtape is Mount, Mount Erie, Lo-Fi, Chill Beats, uh, Caribou, Lo-Fi, Chill Beats. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. It, I, I think that I think he 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 only listens to Chill Beats when he's working. Is is my is my motivational uh, feeling there? Yeah. yeah, does something to your brain, man. Really kicks it into high gear when you don't want to do things. Beta's theme song is just like um, fax, not fax machine. It's like dial-up internet. If you picked up the phone, <laughs> and it was dialing in. That's modem sounds. Like, yeah, like yeah. That's a genre. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what Marcus would like. Would Marcus listen to music? Yeah, this I don't, is a good. I don't this know. is a good exercise for these characters that were like still sort of like learning who they are. Like yeah. I like this. I want to answer this question. I'm I feel like. like Ask this like, of new characters always now. Yeah. yeah, it's actually a really good one. I think Remy would listen to like uh, experimental jazz, like more, f- but like more on the yeah. like um, more on the um, uh, what's his name? I'm thinking like Sun Ra esque stuff, but like, but like I'm thinking more like um, like Alice Coltrane, 
Um, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, um, but also like big band stuff, like big band jazz stuff, and like like smoky like cherry lounges. Papa daddies. <laughs> uh, you're just saying stuff now, Taylor. <laughs> you know the Zoot Suit Riot. Yeah, yeah. But big anyway, band voodoo yeah. daddies. <laughs> oh, I know what Marcus would listen to. It would be like the the short compositions that music writers uh, submit to like BMI ASCAP that are like specifically for commercial placement, like the little like melody. Like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then it's over. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. And Marcus is like, good one. Yeah. <laughs> a real, a real, a real bop. Yeah. Uh, I think I got Elgar. I think, I think Elgar listens to, um, uh, Ryuchi Sakamoto and Elvinoto albums. Oh, damn. Algar. <laughs> That's, that is actually tight as all fuck. I know. Glad I know like, that. Wow. Just imagine like, yeah, like his cal- little like beetles calming. moving. While he- <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I was like calming piano noises and then like weird like beeps and 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 squeeches, but like nothing too strange. Still, still sort of like calm. Something you can pet moss to. <laughs> Very into Algar. Yes. The Saffron and Knox would listen to Philip Glass operas. <laughs> He's definitely Sick. an Einstein on the beach Sick. guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also pop music, maybe a little Spandau Ballet. Maybe, what's the band that did The Promise? That song. No clue. That what? one song, The Promise. What song is that? I don't know. Never do the event was to say. Promise this you yeah. I will. This is oh, a great, it's a great song. You should write it. <laughs> oh, it's a great. No, it's a great old pop song. I'll put it in the chat or whatever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, this comes right. out. God, um, also, do you do you remember that Reply All thing about the case of the missing hit? If you haven't listened yes. to it, go listen to Such it. It is about that episode. feeling that we're describing. Yeah. yeah. But I it, the song is called The Promise. It is. I listen to it on Spotify often. Uh, <laughs> Oat is Oat is a little twist. Oat likes like. Uh, a female fronted folky sort of stuff. Oh, Oat likes like Joni Mitchell, like a Vashti yes. Bunyan, but all, yes, but also like later '90s, like girl power, like Riot Girl sort of like maybe girl punk stuff. Oh, and yeah. also and, and, oh, yes, Ani DeFranco, and right. like you, you're gonna find him. He's gonna be listening to some Indigo Girls. Yeah, sure, Oat. great, get That's it. That's sick. <laughs> I think Venus is probably. Um, Probably listening to some Mongolian throat singing, um, <laughs> yes. some chants or something, um, because it's there's something that he forgot that he was trying to remember. That was on an IB test that I took in high school. <laughs> wow, irritable bowel test? They, no, they <laughs> threw no, <laughs> no like it's kind of like AP test, but it was international whatever anyway uh yeah yeah there was a a cd they gave us for the music test and we had to identify you know where it was from and like the method and it was tuvin throat singing i was like wow i remembered that that's so obtuse i know i bet the people the people who chose that are so annoying i know i hate them (laughs) what about lux what does lux listen to um probably what what he's actually listening to? What I, I mean, I think what he wants to be seen listening to is smart. Um, something's something uh, like classical um, or something. Uh, oh, I but I guess know. we do know, in fact, that he listens to like Korean right. doo wop <laughs> revival from yeah. the yeah. from the twenty fifties. Can we yeah. all just make a playlist of what our characters would listen to? Absolutely. And then just put the playlist in the Discord. Be exclusively embarrassing things. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Just that's right. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's just mbop 30 yeah. times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That, that uh, would work on me, bro. Yeah, actually, let's hear. I'll make a note that we should make make yes. character playlist. That's awesome. Mood board playlists. Done. Okay, cool. So yeah, good. we'll do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Algars is gonna be like four and a half hours long. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Cactus Bike was wondering. Um, wait, that's everybody, right? I think that's everyone. Mm-hmm. What about what about Yuri? Oh my God, Gabber! Like kinda... Oh gosh, <laughs> you think so? Okay. Whenever you see like a YouTube video of a bunch of Russians that are drunk off huffing oh. antifreeze, <laughs> and they're like stumbling oh, yeah, around sure. a fire they built out of like an old chest of drawers oh. someone busted up, and they're dancing, and one of them falls in the fire. Whatever music is playing in that moment, <laughs> that is what he listens to. Um, I once um, went on tour uh, and played a um, like a world music festival, and the best band, like in Aus- it was in Australia, the best band 
band that I saw when I was at that that World Music Festival was an Albanian folk band where the um, front man played the jug. And holy shit, no, did shut that motherfucker up. play the jug? <laughs> no, it impossible. Was wild. It was it was nuts. Describe. Uh, it was just like um, like someone playing a flute that could go really low. Oh, float. <laughs> Are you a jug truther? <laughs> uh, I'll see if I can. I don't know if I can remember their name, but I'll see if I can find it. And even watching him do it was really impressive. He was like this really tiny, rail thin dude with this giant jug that was um, like stone on the outside. Like someone had taken a a copper jug and stuck it in concrete and then pulled it out and let it dry. Uh, it looked wild. It was fascinating. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Cactus Bike is wondering. Um, one thing I was wondering was how much uh, how much of the induction ceremony for Oat was Mike and how much of it was already still fleet lore. So everything that Algar read was directly out of the core rulebook uh, that Wythe very graciously gifted us. Uh, so that's all. Yeah. Wow. All of that stuff that is listed is stuff that is in the world. And uh, yeah, I, I even know what I think. Probably 50% of it is. There's some pretty wild stuff in there. Uh, but yeah, Buy Still that, Fleet. It is so good. It's so good. The rule uh, book yeah. is great. Let me tell you, and this is coming from a person who I used to work at Kickstarter. I have seen thousands of modules and source books. I will take a rule book into a bathtub and build characters <laughs> all night long. I'm telling you, Still Fleet is good. Buy it. It's great. Uh, and like, there's no, there's no like intake, like the, the intake situation, like Algar sort of like calling him in and forcing him to do whatever, like that's not really in the book, but it's, you know, implied that that's kind of what happens. Um, but yeah, we basically, I wanted to use that as an, as an excuse to read some of the dope stuff from the book, just kind of verbatim. Uh, I just think it's very cool. Uh, you know, yeah. got to put some spooky music underneath it. Great copy. <laughs> Will Will Savino is wondering, uh, I would love to hear you guys talk a bit about how you balance on the spot player interactions with established still fleet lore. I'm thinking about when Venus was talking about having shelves and Mike had to say, no, you can't have shelves. <laughs> uh, Will says, I run into that issue a lot in my homebrew settings. I want the players to have agency, but I also want to make sure they aren't uh, they aren't introducing details into the world that are incongruous to the existing lore. Um, the, I mean, that felt to me like, you know, we were pretty collaborative there. I don't know, Nick, maybe you felt otherwise. And like I was telling you, you couldn't have fun. Um, yeah, that's when like, the show died for me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, you know, one of the things about Still Fleet is that the rock of spin is so hard that you can't plow like you can't get through it um like you can't you can't make your own room blobs you can't cut through the you can't cut through the walls to get to the place next to you and so it's like if you can hang shelves does that mean that you can pierce the wall in some way and so that's why i was like you can have something like shelves like you can't put shelves up but like yeah you there i'm sure someone has figured out a way to store and display things velcro Velcro. I can make shells with Velcro, stick it to the wall, and stilts to keep it up. Easy. 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 I think Please we decided my to just blog. use some like composite material to to build on top of the wall so it looks like it's part of the wall, but it's... Yeah. You like... Yeah. yeah. Stuck, yeah painted stuck it some, black. Stuck some clay up there and let it yeah. dry, and it looks like it's... Exactly. Um, I don't think... I think we've been pretty good. I haven't had to roll you guys too far back from anything that I can remember. I mean, you guys also are very good at like... You've read the book, so like you know yeah. what what stuff exists and like what things tend to be like. I think normally if I'm a little iffy on what exists in the world, yeah, we normally just ask. We yeah, we ask, it. we ask Mike. <laughs> yeah. She's like, does this, does this make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like to the question of like, you know, wanting the players to have agency and also making sure that they don't want to introduce, you know, you, you don't want them to, to like break the world and stuff. Yeah. It's always kind of a, it's always kind of a balancing act. I think that's where, that's also one of the places where like, the collaboration of the story really comes in that you can, you know, like if you let things fly, you just have to remember then what's possible later, which can actually be kind of fun specifically just because of the mission that you guys are on. I don't want you to think that you can drill through spins walls. Mm. So that, mm. that was the one where I was like, actually, we got to be careful about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like in early in when we were doing our test games in still fleet, we had a little bit more in moments because we just like, you know, you're learning the world in terms of like, Oh, how much technology, technology exists and like how much would we know as still fleeters and I think some of the test games like took care of a, a lot of like even just like understanding or like our our own limits 
yeah. in the world. And knowing that, like, you can't just go over and check the computer, like, especially coming from Shadowrun, yeah. you can't go over and check the computer for something. Right. There is yeah. no computer. Yeah. There's no computer. I mean, <laughs> there God. are, but it's like only a couple people have them. Yeah. <laughs> Computers yeah. have demons in them, bro. <laughs> De- demons. Stay uh, as far away as possible. The role of computers is to humble us. <laughs> as Bijan always says. Dig is curious, <clears throat> now that we've been playing for a little while, how y'all feel about the dice rolling mechanics for Still Fleet. Good. Oh, it's, it's, plus. It's, it's super interesting, actually. Just like the idea that you have like, it, 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 it takes the idea of having different skills and like literalizes it in a way that I yeah. really, really like. Um, like it's, I think it's in that regard better than most of the other like TTRPGs I've played just cause it's like, Oh, like in this department you have up to this amount of skill, it could be any sort of range, but like you are generally this good at this kind of thing, which Shadowrun does in a much more complicated way. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I actually really like it. I was into it. It's just so funny the way that the die, you can distribute the die and like Bijan, which characteristic is it that you are just incapable of making a success? Yeah. Will. Will. Willpower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, I think my sanity is like four. It's like, it's bad. <laughs> That's pretty funny because that affects the decisions that we make, you know, yeah, with every like, move. No. Yeah, Remy just can't pass a will check ever. Like that's just part well, of the just, game. You, have Unle- to, you could you have to burn grit, but like right, yeah. and yeah. you, you got to think really hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> I also I think any any conceivable system would be simpler than um, Shadow Runs. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least in some of the skill checks and things like that. So it, it is a little bit. It's such a gift we've been given. Um, or I, I feel like I've been given as someone who's never played a tabletop role playing game, at, at least like like this, um, in the vein of like this and D and D and stuff like that. Um, because every other game I play now is just like, wow, you just roll a, a dice and, and then you, <laughs> and then you then something actually happens and there, there's not ca- checks and counter checks and counter checks on those checks and then taking the difference of those dice to check yeah. on the counter check to check the check to check. <laughs> so it's like, so, yeah. yeah, so you add up add up all your hits and then do yeah. modulo eight. And the reason it's eight is because your opponent. <laughs> right. But I will say there is like a little, I just to be a devil's advocate, there's a little, little bit of me. Maybe it's like the kind of like mathy person I am. There's kind of a fun to sometimes, you know, rolling up residents and be like, okay, what's my limit? And like trying yeah. to figure out how many points I want and like, what are the odds? Like I just I there's a little bit of me that's like a little bit like, ooh, I kind of like doing that. I I love I. Yeah. I mean, I really I really love Still Fleet. My answer to this question is that it's great. This is, I think, maybe my favorite dice rolling system like of any game that I've played. Um, I love it so much more than D20 systems. Um, I still really like Shadowrun. I love I love how like late 80s, early 90s it is. I love Mm -hmm. that it makes very little sense. <laughs> uh, I just it I is, love how like overconfident it is. It is um, the most vaporwave TTRPG. I've decided. Yes. And yeah, I really like, yeah, I just, man, rolling. There's nothing better than, I mean, there are a lot of things better than rolling like 14 <laughs> dice. It just, it's like very fun to roll 14 <laughs> dice. It is so really silly. fucking fun. It's so silly to roll 14 dice. It is very silly, but, <laughs> but I really it, it, like it. But it gets, I mean, it, yeah, and it's funny because like 14 dice means you're very good at the thing, but it's like, it's yeah. nice to feel the overkill in your hand and yeah, still exactly. fail. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and there's really good theater to it too, because like when yeah. we have to, when Taylor or I have to count out a bunch of dice and like take the time to do that than like having you guys be like, oh, we're, we're just no. watching oh, this happen. We're like, Lord. oh, Lord. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, think- the poll, the poll for like doing a move and then the poll for like extra dice. And ca- I like I kind of love that. Like, oh, no, Mike is taking so many dice. Out of the <laughs> yeah. dice bowl. It's I, I think yeah. that's the, that's the thing about it that I like the best. Like you don't get in most, like, you know, even D, D, D&D, like a D20, a D20 bonus system. Your bonuses are just silent on the page. You yeah. can't you someone just rolls a D20 and then adds a big number to mm-hmm. it. You don't you see also, them. You also don't lose to like a toaster you know what i mean you don't you don't you don't fuck up a plot point (laughs) inexplicably the toaster is highly secured well we also don't i mean we talked about this like we don't in shadow run we don't buy hits because it's it's funny or i think it's it's funny it's actually it's interesting if someone who is actually good at something can fail at it every once in a while yeah 
But if you start to feel demoralized, yeah, we can talk about buying. Oh yeah. So you get guaranteed successes. I think, I think working through the demoralization is where, where the magic happens. Yeah. At least in Shadowrun. Yeah. Um, I've never played Stig specifically asks about, um, dungeon world or, or powered by the apocalypse, neither of which I've played. Mm-mm. Um, have y'all played other like D six D six systems. I, I have I not played dungeon world, but powered by the apocalypse is great rules. If you get it. Yeah. You get, yeah. If you get comfortable with that system, especially if you get a good sort of leader. Um, yeah, that it's great. I is mean, it's very big... s- systems where you can play basically any, like any setting. Yes, there are infinite games published with powered by the apocalypse system yeah i think i actually own from from a humble bundle a um a union building powered by the apocalypse oh yeah cool is it called strike is that that one i think it's got a red cover that's all yeah well you know (laughs) so so do they all uh but yeah 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 powered by the apocalypse rules armadillo um Ar- um, Armahilo, I think I'm saying your name correctly. Um, Armahilo, Armahio, perhaps, wonders how often uh, we have had to fully improvise an encounter or scene because the players have gone in a direction that we had not anticipated. And then says, from the published episodes, it sounds like that never happens. So I went back and I looked through all the episodes. Here's my accounting. I don't think it's happened in Float City yet. <laughs> um, Challenge accepted, bro. Yeah, but I right? think that's. But I think that's, yeah, that's like we're still getting comfortable. Um, In Fun City, Balto was not planned. Balto was not like a written character. So everything with Balto (laughs) was completely improvised. I love that Including going, yeah, including going to his house and his wife. Like none of that was planned. I was like, he definitely doesn't have kids. And then a minute later. (laughs) He has kids. (laughs) I feel scammed in the past. That's so funny. Yeah. Of course, you say he oh, he doesn't have kids. He's definitely yeah. gonna, then we're going to get kids. That's that's the spell for summoning kids. Yeah. yeah, I get it now. I understand now. A year in the future. Oh my um, god! I'm just, I'm just glad that Nick rolled well enough to kiss Balto's, Balto's wife. Yeah. We got we got to we got fun. to cucking and Shibari within three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did in an, un, in an unwritten scene, yeah, or an unplanned scene. Yeah, in the podcast was just, that's called a beeline. <laughs> you, try, you, it's, you try to get there by episode three. Um, I only had of I don't know if this counts. This like only only kind. The next two maybe kind of only sort of count. I only had a very vague idea of what TK wanted to do on his day off, and then a lot of that was just us like figuring it out in the room. Um, and I think a lot of that like I left in some of that where I was like Bijan, I want to make sure that you're getting out of this experience what you want when you were in the church talking to the man who was teaching people how to plane doors. But like none of that was planned. Like I knew that you wanted to go buy some stuff and like. Yeah. Wanted. Yeah. And like that was and like maybe wanted to go to a church. Can I? Like, yeah. Can I, just, I can I just say it's like that was like one of the first times I ever like felt comfortable improvising um, like in a setting like this. Just because like not I, I mean, just because it was so like it was it was so much like we were doing it together. It was not yeah. something that was like even a little bit planned. Um, it was sort of like walking out onto a ledge. But it was it was really nice. I don't know. Yeah, that was really um, fun. I, really, I had a lot of fun with all of those. Yeah, that one was that yeah. one was really great. Those I love kill, those were killer episodes. I yes, also love the whole I week. Mean, yeah, this is probably not a surprise, but like I love episodes where like kind of nothing happens and like you just kind of hang out in the world a little bit and like just kind of like chill. I love it. It just I think it gives everything so much more depth. It's so good. And like just leaning into that being like, yeah, I'm going to just sit in the church for a while. Oh, great. Also, the flipper interview was mostly improv because ah! y'all being mistaken as a film crew was oh randomly God. determined in the moment. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Like I, I, the, I, I, I actually planned out all my interview questions. Uh, <laughs> Lash's Lashes whole deal was actually pre-planned out, uh, scripted. <laughs> so like we I knew I knew in my head like what the building looked like and I knew that you were going to be interacting with Tyler. Um, but there was no like I rolled a dice when you walked in through the front door and it said Tyler thinks that they are a film crew that's here to interview the CEO. And like I think I had said to Taylor ahead of time, like, hey, there's a chance that you're going to have to be the CEO of this weird company. Yeah. And then they passed. I remember this moment. They passed like a big charisma check and Tyler bought it. 
That's yes. right. Right. Yeah. And like the dice, I, I love this. Like, this is what's so great about games. I, I love, this is why I love this about tabletop role playing games. <laughs> when the dice force you to make a, a thing that your instincts would tell you don't do, but it forces you to throw your instincts away and then have to come up with this new world. And so, yeah. So they had the dice said, actually, they are a film crew and you <laughs> are going to let them in and do an interview, <laughs> which I, we never would have done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was doing that on the fly was a trip. Wow. Uh, I don't think, other than those, uh, I don't think we've ever had to, like, y'all have never said, like, I want to go to this place, and then we've had to invent a whole place and, like, people, like, new characters. Um, the closest is Balto, which you had, which you met because Gabe rolled poorly, and there needed to be a security guard that came out and was like, stop causing trouble. Um, and then you were like, well, we're definitely going to follow that guy, which, like, to be fair fair um <laughs> but like other than like a shop here and there you know where y'all have wanted to buy, like buy some stuff we haven't really had to invent ha haven't had to invent whole scenes or people or locations based upon your whims um which like that's fine i mean i think that's great like that that means that you're i mean this is a thing that people say uncharitably about players a lot which is that they get distracted by shiny things and don't want to actually play the story they want to just like go do meaningless nonsense um which is a very silly way of thinking about how games play but like it means that you guys are collaborating on the story that like taylor and i are putting options in front of you and you're choosing from those options as opposed to saying like we want to go do this other thing that doesn't matter or like that hasn't been not that it doesn't matter that hasn't been given us as an option we collaborate well i think is what i'm trying to say we um, do sorry i wasn't <laughs> listening what was that what was that again? <laughs> uh, which brings me to the last question uh which is one for me and is like one of those questions it's like you know you read an internet comment and they say exactly the thing that you worry about yourself all the time Aww. and then you're like Aww. how am i not myself how it's a uh. um crisp asks um i've been wondering if as a gm taking time to describe the complex things uh in the world like what moving through the escher-esque feels like ever becomes nerve-wracking like if you ever worry that you're taking up too much airtime and pausing gameplay too long to verbally paint the picture <laughs> and the answer is yes constantly always oh, really I'm always nervous um, but that's the it's, show it's like but it's like the number one thing that i think about i'm like how do i do this as efficiently as possible so that it's a compelling scene and also i'm not talking for 10 minutes so many people tweeted about that very specific description like i think it was dan cooper that like equated it to his thesis that he was right oh yeah that's right yeah he was like yeah yeah editing a thesis for yeah. multiple years is like living in the escher-esque which i thought was very good yeah um, no i, I, I love the descriptions yeah i think in the early days i actually pressured you to write more and do more you did yeah <laughs> yeah full credit for that good decision that makes our show good <laughs> Yeah, but I like I want to make sure that we're that like I'm giving you all enough time. So like the reason I do it is because one, especially in Still Fleet, which is completely unfamiliar that like if I don't, it's not like New York City where I get to say like you're on a city block and like you everything that you imagine is going to be close enough. Like Still Fleet, everything is so strange. I'm like, I want to make sure that you know where you are. I think you guys, like all players, really, you make better and more interesting decisions if you know more completely what's around you. Like knowing what you have to play off of helps you know what you can do. And then also as a player and as an audience member, I get really frustrated when the environment is like a featureless plane yeah and like the d the dm is like uh you're in um you're in a tavern uh it's very crowded uh and uh yeah it's loud um you're in a booth <laughs> like i don't know for some reason i need a lot more than that everyone uh, does <laughs> Everyone um, does. That's the thing. If you read, there's a great book called Radio that the This American Life crew put out about how to make, how they make This American Life. This is years ago. It's not even been like, this is before MP3s or whatever. So like they, they talk about tape and everything, you know? But one of the things they tell you is that when you're, when you're interviewing a subject for an audio interview that you want to be emotionally compelling, that you need sensory details. Now you would think intuitively you want a story, you want plot and emotion. Yeah, sure. Okay. But also always ask your subject, where were they? standing what was the light like were they smelling anything was it hot and the reason why is in order for the listener to have that theater to the mind experience you need these details and if the dm's not doing it we've got to jam all that detail into <laughs> yeah. expo expository dialogue and you know we sound like uh, well i'm not gonna make fun of a bad tv show people like but like you know <laughs> we, sound like that, we sound like a bad tv show that so the, like. thing is, the thing <laughs> the other thing is like um yes it's important that people like us but b most people are just bad at telling 
telling stories, which is why it's important. <laughs> ask them for details. Yes. Um, because if you ask somebody to relate a story, even one that's important to them, they won't, they won't give you anything that you can go on. And if you, it's like, it's funny because if you look back at transcripts for things, this is very obvious yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is my professional opinion as a professional journalist. But yeah, I want to make sure that we get, I want to cover those things. But then I also don't, I, when I like look at a, we'll look at a session that's bouncing out and I see my track and, and how much, how much waveform there is on my track. And then I look at all of your tracks and in comparison, how much there is, I'm like, that's okay. And the Taylor says there was way too much me in the last episode. And I'm like, no Taylor, there was not enough. <laughs> no, I, I, literally every episode that I listen to, I'm like, Oh, I got to shut up. I feel like it's just like a natural <laughs> okay, thing. Maybe we all just serious? feel this way about ourselves. Yeah. 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 I guess so. You're just like, oh, why am I still? (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. Every I'm not saying this because you said that every episode. I'm like, I wish Shannon would talk more. Like, we need more Shan. (laughs) Oh, you're saying that? No, I'm not. I said I was. But thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Cosign, cosign more everyone who's not me <laughs> and me, please. <laughs> so you're saying we should make a three-hour show? Got it. Oh god! I no. mean, I would die. <laughs> I mean, yes, but <laughs> what a way to go! Damn. Would we? I mean, would we ever do like um, not like a not a mini series, but like a um, not an extra special episode, but like a like a movie version of <laughs> of a sure. you know, I guess that's like a one shot, but long. I don't know. I mean, we did the um, the Lash Black Friday special was like kind of movie. Yeah. Was two and a half hours. And was two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Except I wasn't it. there. Much, much to think about. Much to yeah. think about. Um, okay. Uh, those are all the questions that I have from the Discord. Great. Let me address something that someone said on the show earlier. I was accused. Wait, was this, was this, were we on tape when someone accused me of doing doom and gloom? <laughs> oh no, we had we had wondered whether or not there was a question from the Discord, and someone had asked. I don't. I do not know. For the more, context. yeah, no, no, no. There was def- no. This was this was in the. Somebody asked us to talk. I can't. I man, I wish I could. I'm gonna remember. go look. I'm it was de- it was definitely about like <laughs> yeah, about like. Are y'all and Mike, you were, Mike, you were like, you were like, we yeah, we'll we'll sort of vaguely lose our minds about the election. Um, but yeah, somebody somebody was like asking for more because we did that oh, last episode of great. Flow Chat. Yeah. <laughs> I have been thinking about doom and gloom a lot. Not yet, not the referent to the do, the actual doom and the gloom. I mean, I have been thinking about that a lot, but also the idea of doom and gloom. And I think we like, let me ask y'all a question. So, cause I'm also doing research for this thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to, trying to make, I realize I've been trying to make it since March and I've only just realized this is what I'm trying to do with it. We all, history's full of people that are like, the world's going to end, the world's going to end, and then it doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. All the preachers and the the religious stuff and like threats from politicians about, you know, if if, if we don't do this, then the world will end and all that. But also sometimes there are examples, and I think my favorite example is the Luddites, where it's a group of people that are saying, hey, look, you're like, the world is ending, uh, and we don't like that. And the Luddites saw like the mechanization, the dehumanization of labor, the mechanization of labor, and was like, this is going to destroy everything that we know and like about our lives. And they tried to bust up the looms with the hammers, right? Which is a story that often gets told, and Luddites is kind of a catch-all phrase for people that like don't like or are scared of new technology. When really the actual Luddites, if you go back and look at what they were saying, was much more sophisticated and historically, like looking back, completely correct point of view are there other instances where there were people or groups of people that were like hey we're about to make this giant change and the like our world is ending stop it who has been right about the world ending i feel like the marxists i don't they were (laughs) like the end of capitalism or the end of the world that seemed that was like one of them i believe uh which is not Oh, that that it's Correct. easier to imagine the end of yeah, the world yeah, yeah, than the yeah. end of capitalism. But also, like, I, I, if I recall correctly from my the, the the one bit of Marx I studied in college, the whole point was like we have to go through like capitalism immiserating immis- everyone to a point where it got unsustainable uh, for the for the average worker for the average person before moving to a, a you know glorious revolution style mm-hmm. thing. And I still think that's like that's pretty on target, man. Like as far as the sweep of history goes. Yeah, yeah. I the, the reason I ask is because I, I've. I have caught myself a lot in the last however many months, um, kind of a combination of the conclusion of the Democratic primaries and the onset of the plague. And then, of course, the 
um, the great pulling the rug back to reveal the all you know like everything else, especially the the you know, public execution of uh, uh, people in the streets by police. Um, and uh, uh, I've been thinking like, oh, everyone's not talking in language that resembles talk about the end of the world and the apocalypse. And obviously, like the world's not over, right? Like. Algae's not going anywhere. Trees aren't going anywhere. Uh, humanity is going to survive whatever. Even catastrophic climate change, humanity will survive. But like, so I think that like a lot of the apocalyptic talk, the doom and the gloom, not like the thing that the doom and gloom refers to, the idea of doom and gloom as separate from other kinds of information, right? That like the the, the desire to separate out doom and gloom from other things is the same desire to say, well, oh, people who talk about the end of the world are crazy, right? But it's just like, sometimes the world does end. You know, Rome falls or, you know, the Renaissance happened. And like, sometimes there are these enormous shifts in the way everyone, uh, or everyone in a, in, a, in a civilization at least, lives. You know, there's several different civilizations that collapse in, in pre-Columbian America. There's the civilizations that collapse because of Colum you know, Colum the, 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 the colonizers. Uh, there's, just, there's tons of examples where like the world did end, like a way of life for many, many people did end. And it would be interesting to find a way in like a vocabulary to talk about that, that doesn't borrow from like religious nuts. Yeah. And crazy politicians. Like, how do we address the fact that probably almost certainly our way of life is going mm. to come to perhaps an end um, within our lifetimes on a scale that no one alive on Earth has ever really seen before without sounding insane? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think I, uh, that's the other thing. It's like sanity is defined by, you know, functioning well under the present conditions. Um, yeah. nope. And I don't, I think that's just going to be less and less, less and less true for many, many more people. Like it's, it's, I, I mean, like the entire idea of America and I can only speak for America because that is what I know the best, but the entire idea of America is, um, is that, uh, you know, nothing really changes that much, um, which means that the drastic change necessary to save the entire planet um, just isn't it just isn't in the cards for the government that we've had for the last 250 years. Yeah, right? doesn't look like it. It's just like not gonna happen. And that is that's a horrible thing to think about. It's like one of those things that like it's it's like the um Catholicates. Um, you know, you think about it, you see it, you think about it too long, you go insane. <laughs> um but it's I mean it's depressing, sure. but also like what are you gonna like what are you gonna do? And I I mean for right now, I think you know, holding on to whatever sort of shreds of sanity and comfort you can while you're marshalling your strength to figure out um holy fuck the world is ending uh is, is at least my plan in the meantime i don't know about what but taylor i feel like you have some land you're prepared <laughs> i do have some land i don't know if i'm prepared uh i don't know if i'm prepared but i i don't know you know like there's 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 plenty of works of literature and films and everything about like how people behave when they know they're going to die or how people behave when they know that society is ending. Typically, it's the world is ending, right? Like everybody finds that the world is ending for some reason. And then we see how people behave. And, you know, you can go look at like the second act of Armageddon or Deep Impact or whatever, any any of those those disaster movies where it's like, well, here's how people behave when the world's over. There was even a rom-com starring Steve Carell. Yes, I was about to say, <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Oh, really? You liked <laughs> it? Yeah. It, I mean, it was I fine. the yeah. third act was I bad. I don't, I think the third act was bad. It actually is. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. The third I, act was bad. However, <laughs> yeah. let me spoil the ending for you. They both die, which is the best part. Yes, agreed. <laughs> the movie which does also, stay true to its premise. This is also why I like Rogue One because everybody dies everybody and there dies. are stakes. But like, Sorry if we know, I, I feel like all of our, and when I say our, I mean like all of us, like the kind of people who have the kind of educations and kind of, you know, we all live in New York, this kind of life that we have, uh, very different in some ways, very, very similar in others for all of us. Uh, and uh, uh, we, very it's very much a part of our culture right now to derive um, your moral identity from your political actions and your political stance, beliefs, the way you vote, what kind of political actions you take, where you put your money, where you put your feet, especially this year on the street, things like that. How is it going to affect our idea of ourselves and idea of what morality is if as it will if it becomes clearer and clearer, which I think it will, that there is a 
there's a horizon beyond which our moral actions won't travel. Like our, our, all our political projects are going to be made moot by the collapse. So what does that mean about our political activity producing morality now when we can kind of see that brick wall coming over the horizon? I don't know. I think uh, I really cannot imagine the yeah. like violence happening in public not getting much, much worse. That's the thing that I like, I and I think that's the I think that's my answer to your question is that like I can't I cannot imagine it getting better before it gets much much worse, and I think that that's part of that part of that stew of like, you know, what you what you do doesn't or the things that you are allowed to do, the things that there are avenues for you to do the actions that you are the actions that like there are uh, acceptable ways for you to like take them have no power and so then then what do you do you go out into the you go out into the street you know it's like it doesn't matter if you vote you know like they you know they tell you to go vote doesn't matter your yeah. vote your vote is unfortunately probably pretty meaningless um and so people go out in the street and they they use their voices to say what it is that they want uh, and then those people are shot and they are they are killed by people who are supposed to be you know protecting them you know like i think that that erodes even further the like the idea that like your what you can what you can do matters and so you start asking like okay what else can i do i don't know but shit's going to get crazy i know i'm scared i think it's yeah yeah. I mean, I can't, it's like hard to, it's like hard to see the president on the, on the TV talking about, um, men in black masks getting out of airplanes and like, he can't say more cause there's an investigation because like, there's definitely yeah. people with many rifles standing on rooftops in Portland who like fucking love that. Like that's what they want to hear because to them they're like, oh, okay, now I know what I, just I wish can do. There was do. a sound of me shaking my head that could go into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just do it right on the mic, like this, like this. <laughs> this good audio. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize for that. That amplitude you will see on the <laughs> yeah. recording. I think. I mean, I think I always think about it in like our human brain's capacity to day-to-day -day, like be in such existential like threat and knowing I mean I don't know I don't know if it has to do you thinking about like our own like dealings with death and how we think about death and how we don't think in order to like live we don't think about death a lot of times because that is mm -hmm. paralyzing yeah. it's paralyzing so like I I don't know I'm not saying anything really but I think it's just uh, I don't know. It's so disorienting that there are like, you know, can be two people in the same room and one can know all the horrors that are await us. And the other one is just like, what are we getting for lunch? Yeah. And, doop, doop, doop. and <laughs> but like at the same time, that is life. And like yeah. sometimes those people switch roles and it's just I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's extremely confusing. Yeah. It's extremely yes. confusing. Yeah. I, I mean, this yeah. is a, one of the reasons that I, that I like have taken a huge break on Twitter and like consider whether or not I will like ever fully return is that it's like seeing the, just the depth of how confused everyone is and how like the, 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 the saturation amongst the population of people who I'm like, I, I read what they are writing, which is, you know, I will believe them that like they are communicating things that they think are true. Um, and then I like, I'm like, you just don't get it. You just, it's like you are in a different place. It's like you just are somewhere else and are, have no frame of, our frame of reference is just so completely yeah. different. It is mind rending. It's very, very confusing. Yeah. yeah. I know that in my adult life, I've never seen the public conversation be so disassociated from the truth. The only other time I felt where the things that like, just like 
the like us, like we are saying, you know, like all the media, everything all jumbled up into one person, one brain society. I'll say it. I'm <laughs> jokerified. I'll say the word. I'll say the yes word. Do society. It. The things that the, the, the like the comp, the discourse is so the only other time I remember the discourse being so divorced from reality was the run up to the Iraq war. But now instead of the this one weird event it seems it's to everything. be everything and it's almost every everyone. Thing. Yes. And it's yeah. I, the, and yeah. the only thing I know historically that's like this are religious cults <laughs> or um, with uh, uh, Stalinist like Stalinist Russia through the collapse of the Soviet Union, right? When like the, everyone knew that the public conversation and that the public doctrine was 180 degrees from the truth and everyone just had to figure out how to live in this world where everything was on the surface was a lie and everyone knew it was a lie, but still like almost as if you're in yeah. this giant synecdoche New York simulacrum of life. It's like, uh, it's like uh, doing contract work for an ad agency. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I've heard about that. <laughs> it feels weird. I mean, it feel and like the thing the thing is, is that historically, in all those situations, you can't you cannot infinitely move away from reality and nothing happens. At yeah. some point, there are there's good there's a huge fucking happen. consequence. Yeah. I mean, there's, but the, the thing is like the, the, the worrying thing about that is yes, that is true in the abstract. However, we are in the middle of a literal pandemic that kills people indiscriminately for like, we know like why and how it happens and people have still managed to politicize it, yeah. which. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so confusing. I mean, it's, it's incredibly bleak. And I, 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 the other thing is like people are, uh, I was talking to my friend, uh, and he was, he was mentioning that. He, uh, uh, violent right-wing militias in the street was his cue, his like red flag to leave America. And it's yeah. like, he can't. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah we saw this coming. Right. We're, we're at the point where we can't, it's like, I'm not going to leave. Um, I also like, we can't now our passports are worthless. And it's, it's right. like, we are, we are stuck here for the long haul. Um, unless you are very wealthy, you are stuck where you are. This is where you're writing it out. Um, and that is a terrifying thought. Like we, we got through the last few, like, I guess 2020 has just been literally, and people have made this observation. This is not new, but it's just been like the first 20 minutes of a horror movie. Like yeah. we're at the point where it's like, okay, you know, the, the action starts, now the story begins, it starts ratcheting yeah. up. Like the scene has been set. Yeah. Like how do the players That's, move? I, I have been saying that my entire, like my last year has really felt like the baby Diego scene in children. Yes. Men. Like I, I feel like I live inside that yeah. cafe. And I think that the, I think what y'all are saying is so, is such an interesting like link to make because ask yourself, what is the purpose? If you're writing a story, writing a book, writing a movie, why do you put that scene up top, right? And the answer is you need to tell the audience that things are so different from what they know that they are entering a new moral universe. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like no, the that's reason a really good point. we yeah. tell people at the beginning of the movie that the apocalypse happened is so they can know, look, these people have a completely different system of morality than you, right? The bad guys are willing to eat people and the good guys, all they care about is like very small things. They don't care about if the toilet paper is free range. They only care about like surviving and saving their kids. So that, so the fact that we can say that 2020 looks like the beginning of one of those movies is another way of saying that so I mean, much has happened this year. We are entering a new moral universe i mean or arguably we we've like our moral universes have split already like yeah the new landscape multiple yes. simultaneous because the right. thing yeah, that the multiverse the thing that here. i did this week uh was i published a very big feature that like a uh, package of the version i've been working on uh cataloging police brutality across the country in many different ways um and it's, it's very good you should read it, it. it's <laughs> the the weirdest thing is like you know like we we it's like it's it's very clear what's happening and it's very clear that like we we do live in a completely different a completely different moral paradigm if you're on the left uh you are in a just a totally different moral universe than if you're on the right um and it's like these spheres have never really been able to talk to each other i mean aside from like the bedrock of like racism for example shouts to reconstruction um but like we've gotten to the point where it's like it's actually impossible now to communicate with people like there I, my my working theory is if like i know exactly where everyone stands just based on like what they like for example you like something yeah. on twitter and i know you're a fascist and it's because these things have become incredibly associated with each yeah. other like just asking questions is not just asking questions um and yes. it's it's like i think we've gotten to the point as a society where everybody has all the information they need to have made a moral decision about where they stand yep um and i firmly believe that yeah there's um, no more I, like 
like evidence exhibition a that there's no more evidence coming like everybody's got enough info to yeah this is it really this is the end man i feel insane but like it is the end and i'm out here fucking blogging and like i guess that's it you know i guess that's my role that's been assigned (laughs) yeah i was telling mike and shannon before we started recording that i had an unfortunate reply guy today uh and you know resulted in me blocking this person and uh people were sending me screenshots of him calling me something (laughs) equated to like an al-qaeda like cancel culture like leftist and i was like okay i was just asking this person questions and (laughs) and they just sort of like went ballistic Jen, that's what al-qaeda is known for is (laughs) yes yes Uh, just just do a little bit of research doing doing some due diligence Hey, Jen, say what you will about Al-Qaeda. <laughs> you do have to no. hand it to them. <laughs> Thanks, guys. But I mean, Solidified my like, place as like a vilified. So now yeah. suddenly everybody that you disagree with. <laughs> I, it's, it is one of those things, though. Like we, 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 are, in, we are in a new moral paradigm. We are yes. like in the end. This well, is let me the, ask this you this, Bijan, because I feel like it's much more complicated than left and right. Uh, like I feel like I can't talk to like I can't talk to people that are excited about Joe Biden. Like they seem as distant to me as the guys in the back of pickup trucks with guns in Portland. I a hundred percent believe that that is, I mean, cause that is, that is the other feature of this weird new moral paradigm we've, we've like shifted into like that. Yeah. That's like, cause it is like, it's like, Oh yeah. I, what you're saying is I don't want people to have things like, that's what it is. And it's like, okay, well, you know, like I did read a thread that like, um, that, that did sort of, uh, cook my noodle, a little bit, which was um, uh, this this I think this researcher was like, you know, the choice isn't between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It's between Joe Biden and or it's between Donald Trump and free and fair or like elections that happen in the U.S., like elections that like where your vote counts. And it's it's jury still out on whether your vote will count for this specific election. However, um, it is like that's th- those are the, those are table stakes, right? Like. <laughs> It's like, hey, do you notionally believe in democracy and people having things? Well, you're gonna have to suck it up and just fucking deal uh, because there's absolutely it's like it's we are at the stage where it's like it's it's somehow democracy or barbarism. But it's not, not even like there is you cannot cast a vote for a party that su- supports free and fair elections. I you, mean, you, there is no, no you're party. Right, but I, but I, I, I can't. I also can't not cast a vote because like that is like that is like even if Joe like if Joe Biden wins things will still be ex- insanely bad but at least like hopefully fewer people will get locked up in cages you know like that's like that's that's table stakes for me like that's something that I believe in like that I think is a good thing and that's that alone is worth voting for um do I like it fuck no like whew, like but I, I don't I don't I don't know what else to do. Like, I, I just I think that's and I also think this is a prevailing feeling of being in both a pandemic and sort of uh, a oh new civil God. rights movement yes. is like, what the fuck do you do? Somebody asked me that on a podcast today uh, and they're like, so what should what should technology barons do to, to make the world better? And I was like, use their soft power. I don't fucking know. Just like spend money lobbying people. <laughs> like, I, I don't have an answer yeah. because like the levers of power are so divorced from people. Like, it's like, like, bro, who's actually making decisions? I have zero idea. Like in general. Did you read that thing about how, um, no one is in charge of, I mean, this is true in so many ways. No one's in charge of the global internet. (laughs) That like the infrastructural, the, like the infrastructure Mm. that makes the internet work on a global scale is no one's responsibility. Like, I just want you to know I'm drinking wine straight from the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and like the, the, the various global, like local, like national, um, regulatory bodies that deal with internet infrastructure know that there's no coordinating entity that deals with the, in some places, non-existent and in other places, crumbling global internet infrastructure. Um, and they're just like all looking at each other, like waiting for someone else oh to God. deal with it. Mm. Okay. This is Sick. cooking my noodle. <laughs> right. The world uh, doesn't make sense. Nothing, not, not a single rule we have in this world makes sense. Well, I what truly is that believe when you, that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Well, okay. Okay. But here's the other thing. When you put, this <laughs> is, when you put money in charge, it turns out money can't do anything. So here's, here's the other thing that I think is important, like equally important to recognize. Like it's, it's very easy to fall into, into this specific spiral of nihilism and you're yeah. not wrong to do it. Yeah. Well, it's you're not, not wrong to be yeah, a nihilist well, what or, or a cynic. Yeah. However, <laughs> I do want to point out that like the small things that you do for other people still matter. And that is like the only like 
the only thing that matters right now. Like one of the things that like has really heartened, like been heartening to see is like the rise of mutual aid networks in this country. Like people have just been like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know what? I got to help my neighbors out. Like, because I am them, they are me. It's, it's solidarity. It's not charity. We're just doing this thing because no one else is going to do it for us. And that is, that is a concrete moral choice that like is flawed in all the ways that capitalism, et cetera, is flawed, but it's still something that is, that it, it is enough in its own, in its own little way. And the seed of anarchism. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I, I just, it's like, I think yeah, what has to so happen, true. what has to happen is most people need, like, people need to realize that the government is, like, that that the government is, it's not that it, they don't care about you. They actively hate you. Yeah. Like, they actively do not want you to exist if you do not make enough money. If you, if you are not worth a value, you, you should not exist. In, and it's like, that's, that's, that is sort of how society is set up. And I think, like, a lot of people have been able to convince themselves for a very long time that uh that that they are worth something to other people um and it's it's when you start getting away from that in a very stark way e.g pandemic uh or you know like getting shot in the back by a cop um one of the things that you realize is that like the only thing that you're worth is the sum of your actions to toward other people like that's the only thing that matters like it's like hey it's this is this is another way to formulate it um behave in a way so that people don't celebrate your death on twitter when you die (laughs) god yeah. like yeah that's the thing right that's it what a what a bar but like yeah <laughs> i don't know i just i i've been thinking about morality a lot and like i i've started like personally just putting things in moral terms very explicitly and especially in my writing just because like it like it like morality has a kind of urgency behind it but also it's like these are not questions of ethics these are not questions mm-hmm. of politics this is like like soul shit. This is body and soul shit. Like this yeah. is we are talking about human beings. There are things there are things that are good and there are ways and to there act are, that are good there are, and there are ways to act that are very that are bad and you shouldn't do them. And there are objective <laughs> things that you like that are good. Like you you know what I mean? It's like Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's it's it really blows my fucking mind that like that this is this is you know where where we are. I really did not want to be alive during a point of American history. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, we I didn't want to be like, like this, 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 this year is, is, is like the, this is like the next chapter in the history book where it's like, this is when things started changing. Like this was, this was the slide into oblivion. Um, and, you know, assuming there are history books, who knows? Yeah. It looks like, uh, the whole post nine 11 decade was kind of like world war one. And now we're beginning the early days of world war two. Like the, the big, the, the like the second big, the, the the big reverberation, like the big echo of that coming to bear. And uh, it's going to be bad. But, uh, you know, beyond the pendulum swinging back and forth and back and forth, the timeline getting, oh God, I don't know. Now I am, I can, it's, this is why it's so hard. It's very hard to look at things reasonably and realistically and not feel an extreme despair. Yeah. 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 But I, we was, have to go on. There yeah. was a tweet that I saw that sort of, sorry, I just went. Yeah, go ahead. There was a tweet that I saw today that was just like, so it turns out those bad vibes that I, that I was feeling were just extreme psychological distress. And like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Bad vibes, bro. <laughs> oh, it turns out I wasn't in a bad mood. Uh, it's that the world is very bad and scary and dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that like really speaks you, what you said, Bijan, really speaks to me because I do, I regularly get into this cycle of like, everything's bad and I have no control and like, what do I do? And I'm just shout, I just, what I end up doing is shouting at my parents, which is a very <laughs> immature thing to do, but it's like, they are a target where it's like, you're not paying attention and, and I'm going to shout the things I mean, at maturity you. is overrated for, for, <laughs> yeah. for the record. <laughs> but I do think I always become more centered where I'm like, okay. I can't control everything, but like, how can I be nice to my neighbors or like, how can I do things in my small community, little small actions to make me feel like uh, anything? (laughs) (laughs) To make me feel a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Just like soldier on. I mean, hell, everything I've said today. Also, I launched a Kickstarter for a card game this morning. Yeah. So it's like... (laughs) <laughs> That's a real vote of confidence. Yeah, it's huh? like the, the 2020 version of Waiting for Godot. I can't go on. I must launch a Kickstarter for a card game project. But like, what are you gonna do? What else right, are you gonna do? 
Yeah. What else are you going to do? Like, I, I have now three Twitch shows. Why? Who the fuck? What else am I going to do with my time? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I think the other thing is, like, uh, as as public, as relatively speaking, public people, the other thing that we do have is a responsibility. Uh, as my, my friend put, like, we were, my friend and I did this charity stream and we were talking about, like, uh, how having any sort of, like, popularity online is, is a dumbass superpower. And, it, <laughs> and like, at, like all superpowers, you are obligated to use it on behalf of other people. Like you are obligated <laughs> to get people to direct their money and their time places that like they wouldn't otherwise. You are obligated to like, to talk about this stuff and to, to you know, make your opinions known and like to do work that actually helps other people. And it's, it's I don't know, I've been, I, it like, even if like, I mean, I don't, I like, I think collectively we don't have that many following followers or that much influence in numerical terms, but it's like one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, like if you have, if people can, if people are listening to you, you are obligated to say something. Um, and and to point things out, um, like for example, uh, Joe Kennedy just lost. Marky <laughs> yeah! just won. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, spite. Spite will keep me going. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. We, like, does it? Even if we sign the, the Green New Deal, it, it's it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. But to know that this isn't what Nancy Pelosi wanted makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> and I'm I'm putting a link to the song "The Promise" uh, by a band called right, When nice. in Rome. Oh yeah! In the chat. When, wait, you. it's called, the band is called When in Rome, and the song Bruh. is called "The Promise." Is that is it just too, It's just it too works. on the nose, given what we were just talking oh about. It slaps. Uh, all right. Um, thank you for joining us, friends. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see everybody sometime soon. Uh, we have some, the next episode release is currently a big question mark. So we will post about that as soon as we have fewer question marks. Uh, okay, bye. Bye. Bye, bye everybody. Bye. Uh,